Hello, everybody. I'm Nina T, and this is Kid Like Faith. On this week's episode, we're answering your request. Yeah, that's right. We're going down to London. We're going to find some faith gems against not one, not two, not 15, but 101 Dalmatians. I hope you're ready and I hope you enjoy it because this is going to be fun. Here's our faith gems from Disney's 101 Dalmatians. All right, so when we think about dogs, dogs are normally referred to as man's best friend. They are known for being loyal creatures. They are um, normally lovable creatures. They they come in and even some of them are known to be guard dogs, right? Some of them are known for protection. Um, and so in this story, we have to look at our dog or this dog, Pongo, as the main character. And it is not Roger, even though we want to assume that because we are human, right? We identify with the human character as the main character. But this story is not called 101 Men. It's called 101 Dalmatians. So the main person, the main character of this story is Pongo and his wife, as well as his his children. So we're going to talk about how this story starts because you know we like to start from the beginning. So in the beginning, we learn that Pongo and Roger, um, his pet as he refers to him, they have been bachelors, right? They are no, they're not with anybody. They just have each other. And Pongo is looking around at the things that are disheveled, all of the the space being really unorganized and crazy. Um, and he notices out of everything that has happened in uh, Roger's life and what he's doing and what he's focused on, he is not fully complete. He's missing something. There is something missing in his life. And he looks at Roger and says, I'm not sure why, but I believe he should have a mate, right? He says that if it were left up to Roger, He would be fine if they would both be bachelors forever because Roger is married to his work. He is focused and unbothered about not having a significant other because he is so engulfed in writing love songs, even though he has not experienced love before. So Roger is unbothered, but Pongo is the friend who notices that this cannot be completed until you have your missing piece. My question is, Do you have friends 
And are you the kind of friend who can look at a a life situation, can look around and let's talk from the perspective of friends first. Do you have friends around you who are willing to discern what season you're in, what time you're in, what space you're in, and they're able to declare, okay, I would like to say that you have everything you need, but you're missing this. Um, This one valuable piece is going to affect the effectiveness of how you do things, right? Um, It's going to affect your your growth. It's going to affect how your quality of life. And I am going to take the responsibility of pointing out to you that this is something that you should probably pay attention to. So on the other side of that, are you the kind of friend? Are What kind of friend are you? Are you the one that is constantly in your own world, constantly unbothered about other people or things like Roger? Or are you the kind of friend like Pongo that is very attentive to what's going on in your friend's lives? You know, although we are the main character of our story, we have to realize that in somebody else's story, we are the supporting roles. We are the, um, not we are not the leading lady in someone else's life, but we are the the comedic relief in somebody else's life. We are um, somebody there to lend a helping hand or emotional support. And if we don't show up for those areas to say, hey, 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 you're doing a great job, but I think you're missing this. What would life be for that person? In turn, how is life looking for you if you don't have that kind of tribe? So we all need those kinds of people who are very invested in our lives and in our growth. And they discern that the missing points of our lives are something that we cannot just gloss over. We cannot just make it seem like it's okay for you to not have this. I'll do whatever I have to do to put you in the position so that you'll become or or you'll be near what you desire or what you technically in this instance, Roger didn't desire it, but what you need, what is going to complete the picture of your life, what is going to give you a greater quality of life. Now, we don't always have the the most trust in our friends, right? We don't always have the ease of um, giving up control. But if you have good friends, there is no reason that you cannot be open to their advice, open to their perspective, and even open to what they have perceived and discerned about where God is taking you and what he wants to do in your life. What else does he need to add? Okay, there may be a friend in your life that that is, that is constantly saying, you know, you tend to, to be a little quick tempered. They're telling you that you're missing self-control. They're trying to tell you and discern to you that that's a piece of your, your life that you need to add. That's a piece of the plan of God for your life, right? That's a fruit of the spirit that needs to be ripened in you. And so we won't become the fullness of what we should become if we do not su- submit to those kinds of friends. Well, Pongo is not just the kind of fine... Uh, guy that talks about it. He's actually the kind of dog that does something about it, right? He's sitting at the window and as immediately when he gets the urge or feels the weight of having to um, take care of his friend and set his friend up and help his friend to find a mate, he acknowledges that he may not be the greatest judge of human beauty, but he knows he's up to the job to do it. So he looks out the window and every person that comes past, every woman that comes past normally is coming by and they come by by with a dog and they also come by mirroring the dog that they carry. So in life, nine times out of 10, 
you tend to mirror the people that you hang around. So like we see in the movie, there was a, a, a woman that came by and he was saying unusual, like she's very unusual, but so was the dog, right? And then she, uh, there was one he said, fancy. Oh, wow, that's very fancy. And then he looked at the dog and was like, okay, well, maybe it's too fancy. And you also have to know, see, Pongo knew based on how Roger was, what was too fancy, what was too old, what was too young, because he knew his friend, because he knew and spent time with and invested his life or his time, right, in taking care of Roger. From his perspective and his vantage point, he knew what would help Roger become. He knew what kind of mate Roger needed. The question is, do you have friends that can say to you, okay, listen, I know you well enough that I know that this will be a distraction in your life. I know you well enough to know that this will not add to you, but it'll subtract from you. And it may not just be about dates and um, mates and all of that, but it may be about opportunities. It may even be about platonic friendships. It may even be about um, jobs or careers. And, And you may think that you know what you want, but there are people that also have spent time studying you and learning you and watching you. And they're able to say, you know, what? I know you said you want to do this, but I think what God is really trying to get you to see is that there's a, there's something that he wants to bless you with over in this direction. Maybe the opportunity is not coming that way because it's supposed to come this way. And so it's imperative that we have friends that are attentive, that are, um, very invested in seeing the truth and not seeing what they want to see or here's the truth about things. Um, Pongo saw what he saw, but he also saw what would benefit him as well. Now, he didn't choose based off of what would benefit him or he chose on based on what would benefit the both of them because they lived together because they were in covenant relationship with each other. So Pongo saw uh, Perdita, the, the dog that he actually um ended up enjoying, right? When he saw her, he was like, well, wait a minute. That's the most beautiful thing I saw in four, four legs. And he could have stopped there and said, well, the girl is just going to be the girl. But he said, but what about the girl? <laughs> and he looks at Anita, her master, or in the perspective of the dog, her pet, right? And looks at Anita and says, well, she's just as lovely as the dog. Because again, you mirror the company that you keep. So if your friends um, all, you know, aren't doing the greatest things nine times out of 10, even if you are the most moral in that bunch, you are not fulfilling your potential because you have surrounded yourself with people and you mirror, right? You're guilty by association. Even if you're not doing it, you mirror the lifestyle of the people around you. It makes you more conscious when you think of it that way. It makes you more, um, you're a better steward of your time when you realize that the people that you spend the most time around are the, the people that you're saying, I would like my life to mirror theirs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Pongo decides that, you know what? I'm not only going to see your mate, but I have to do something to get you in the same space. Now, he also, again, he knows Roger. So he knows Roger will not stop working and he will not work, um, or stop working until five o'clock. So he has to plan something that will either make 
the t- he knows that well first off he knows that she's not going to be there if they wait until after 5 so he decides to manipulate the clock so it looks like it's 5 o'clock even though Roger has a watch on that has the right time <laughs> he he decides that because that's the main clock he's going to manipulate time and pull up his leash and let Roger know it's time for them to go on a walk do you have friends now I'm not talking about friends who will n- manipulate you to get their will and their agenda um, across, but do you have friends that are willing to see an opportunity for you that are willing to see something great for you and they will not let you just miss it because you don't feel like it's time yet? Do you have people that will technically push you into time, push you ahead of your schedule. And they'll say, if you don't leave this comfortable space now, you'll miss one of the greatest opportunities. Now, Pongo decides that not only does he have to get, uh, Roger near Anita and Perdita, but he has to get their attention. So when he finds them where they are sitting on a bench, he goes over and he knows Roger is going to be a creature of habit and just sit down and puff his pipe. So what he does is he steals his hat and he steals his hat in a playful manner so that Roger will, you know, engage. And he ends up looking at Anita and Anita, to be honest, Anita and Perdita, they noticed them or they noticed the two of them when they walked in. When they walk past them, when Roger and Pongo walk past Anita and Perdita, they both realized that they were there, but they didn't act on it. They didn't move on it. They went back to doing what they were doing, right? So what ended up happening was that once uh, Pongo saw that Roger and Anita had locked eyes and saw each other, he said, okay, well, that's not enough. We got to keep going. So he puts the hat near Anita. And when he looks back up, Anita and Perdita are about to walk away. And so instead of saying, I'm just going to let them go and try to find somebody else. He's like, oh, absolutely not. He runs after Roger tries to grab him and stop him, but he can't stop him because he is so determined that he is going to make this work. He pulls his um, his leash around the two of them to make them fall into the lake. And even though it was wet and it was messy and it was, it seemed offensive, it was crazy. It ended up being the one moment that made them laugh. <laughs> it ended up being the one moment where they realized that technically they were both wet and couldn't help each other. So they might as well just laugh. And it was the moment where They weren't manipulated for bad purposes. They were just manipulated so that they could see, so that they could uh, pay attention, so that they could know that this was not something that you could walk away from. This is not something that you should ignore. This is something that might change your life. And in all of this, Roger and Anita still had a choice. Right. So even if your friends tell you something and they give you advice, they give you the very best advice that they can give. And it is actually accurate and and on point with where God wants to take you. You still can choose which direction that you want to go. Now, God is a gentleman. He never forces himself on anybody anywhere. He's never done that. Um, But he will allow circumstances so that you can see which path leads to a better life, right? And so in that moment, while they, you know, decided to, you know, hang out, I'm sure we didn't see all the dating period, but I'm sure they probably had one, right? Um, But they chose to make the most of a bad moment, a wet moment, a messy moment, and it turned into something that was beneficial to their life. What have you been ignoring? 
What have you been pushing aside? What have you been walking away from that could possibly change the trajectory of your life? Maybe there is something, someone, something, some opportunity that you don't even notice that God is trying to put in front of you that will be able to change your life in an instant. And it'll be something that is not necessarily uh, will change your life for just a moment, but it will change your life for the rest of your life. If you have good friends, they won't let you miss that moment, but you also have to choose to be a part of that moment. So we fast forward a little bit, right? And we see that once they get married, um, Perdita and um, Pongo are together as well as Roger and Anita are together. And as they are functioning as two couples, as Pongo says it in their little townhouse, as they're functioning together, right? Um, they realize for Well, first off, we realize that Perdita, the dog is pregnant and you know, Pongo asked, is she all right? And she's like, oh yeah, people have been pregnant before. And so that's our clue that they have begun um, to produce something. So while they are, you know, they are excited about producing, um, what ends up happening is the worst thing happens. And that is Cruella DeVille happens. Now we notice, of course, everybody knows that Cruella's a villain, but we don't necessarily notice when she shows up. Cruella shows up after Perdita is pregnant. Now, granted, they have had, you can, if you think about this, they've had these dogs forever, separately. And to be honest, uh, Perdita is always, has always been the dog of Anita, right? And Anita is a uh, old classmate of Cruella, which is how she knows them. So technically, the dog has always been in Anita's possession and always been uh, available or, or Cruella has always had access to both of them. But she doesn't come around until Perdita gets pregnant. There are people, unfortunately... There are people that are influenced by evil sources and and evil things, and they only want to come around when they see you are producing something. When they see that you have been impregnated with goals and visions and plans and dreams and, and God has downloaded all of these great things into your heart and your spirit to do, right? And when you start showing that you're pregnant, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they start coming up saying, well, where are they? Where are they? Where's the thing? Where, well, where, where, and, and it's like, wait, pause. First off, where do you even come from? That's the first thing. And then second thing is, why are you even here? Because you weren't here when she was a single person and when uh, Perdita didn't have Pongo to impregnate her. You showed up when there were puppies involved. You showed up when she got pregnant with something. And when you recognize or when people recognize that that's what they're coming around for, you can either do one or two things. And we saw both of those things happen in this movie. Perdita, because she was afraid, she ran and hid. She ran and she didn't come out until after um, Cruella was gone. Uh, Pongo, on the other hand, and Roger, they didn't hide. They actually made it very blatantly clear that they did not like Cruella and they did not run away from her, but (laughs) 
Roger was playing music, singing Cruella DeVille's song, singing about her being a devil and literally playing things just so that they could, um, just so that she would know he's not intimidated, right? Um, and there are people in your life that are going to do two, one or two things. Now, first off, you can choose to do one or two things. As the pregnant person, as the person that's carrying the vision, the goal, the dreams, the agenda, you can decide to hide. That's a choice. It's not a very good one. Because at the end of the day, hiding doesn't do anything for you. Hiding only conceals you for a moment of time, but it's not going to stop the baby from coming. No matter how long uh, Perdita would have hid under that furnace, the babies were still moving. They were still coming. They were, she was still impregnated. So what she could have done was stayed out there with the rest of them and had confidence in the fact that Roger and Pongo would not let anything happen to her. Now, Anita was a little blindsided because this is an old college friend or old school chum of hers. So she didn't really buy into the fact that she was evil, evil, Um, nor did she stop Cruella when Cruella was starting to um, play her and talk about how she had settled for this life with Roger and she, you know, everything that she had was just so simple. You know, it was very interesting. You know, when people want something from you or want something that you have, they always try to downplay what you have. They always try to make it seem like, oh, you're just doing that little thing over there. You know, you're just doing that little thing. And, and it's just, it's not real big, but you know, I'm glad you're doing something. You know, at least you're doing something. It's unfortunate that um, she would come into Anita's house, Cruella would will come into Anita's house and begin to demand for things or ask for things with no relationship beyond their past history, right? But she would ask for things and she's just swinging her little cigarette little thing around and it's just messing up the whole house and making a mess and it's just... What are you here for at this point? We're no, we know you're here for something and don't try to play down what I'm doing. And, and at that moment, technically, Anita should have been like, okay, but you can leave. <laughs> you don't have to be here, okay? You, you don't have to be here in my little home with my little husband and my little dogs. You can just go on about your business. Now, just because you knew me at a certain time, that doesn't mean you know me. Just because we were friends before doesn't necessarily mean you are invited in the space that I'm in now. And guess who gets to control that? We do. We get to say, not here, not in this space. No, you're not going to be able to do it. So, Cruella leaves after she figures out that the puppies are not there. They, it, she tells them she's going to be back in three weeks. Um, and Cruella frightened Perdita so much that when Pongo went to go check on her, she said to him... You know, I was excited about having babies, but now I'm 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 wishing we never had them. I'm just wishing that I never got pregnant. And it's sad because most of us are the same way as Padita. Because we are afraid of the attack that's coming on our lives because we are afraid of what's coming on us or coming after us or coming after the babies that we're going to produce. Uh, We tend to regret the fact that God even gave us the vision at all. But again, it does not stop you from being pregnant. Now you can choose to let go of the, the call, the dream, the vision, the plan, the purpose, but that's not necessarily in your best interest. And in this stage, She wasn't able to go back and not be pregnant. (laughs) She was going to have to give birth whether they liked it or not. She was going to have to give birth whether Cruella came after her or not. And just like Perdita, you're going to have to give birth to the dream, the vision, the goal, the plan, the purpose, whether you 
have support or not. Well, there will be people to support you, but whether you have people that are trying to come against you, trying to tell you that it's never going to work, trying to tell you that it's not time yet, maybe it's your wait till after pandemic, whatever they're saying, if God is asking you to do it, and if he's giving you and downloaded the vision to you, it is time. As long as he says it's time. When he says it's time, when he says yes, there's absolutely nobody that can say no, period. So we noticed that it's time for delivery. Because after a few weeks, right on schedule, she starts to give, go into labor, right? Perdita starts to go into labor. And the good thing about her going into labor is that she, one, has the maid that's helping her. Um, She also has Anita that's helping her. But the guys are outside. And even though they're nervous, they're just anticipating the babies coming. So when the babies arrive, the first number that we get is that he has eight puppies. Now, For Dalmatians, I looked this up, but for Dalmatians, a normal regular size of, uh, I guess you would call them like a little group of puppies. uh, I don't think they're a litter, but whatever. Um, A group of puppies that birth, the birthings or, um, excuse me, the, the normal number of puppies, a regular, a normal number of puppies are eight. Eight is regular. Let's just say that eight is regular for puppies being born. That's a regular number. And then she says 10. Okay, well, that's a little bit more, but that's still close to regular. And then she says 12, 13, 14. And Pongo's eyes start to going crazy because he's like, what is happening here? And then all of a sudden she says 15 puppies and the mother is doing fine. Now, Pongo and Roger are ecstatic. Now, this is technically common for a large number of puppies. But I'm sure in this movie, because of the facial expression of Pongo, they were probably only expecting eight. They were probably only expecting a regular, normal sized amount of puppies. And in the same way, we tend to do the same. We tend to set out to go into labor to produce the things that have been implanted for us to do. And in our minds, we start expecting regular to happen. We start expecting that when we get the results of the labor, we're going to see regular results. But it's not happening that way. The encouragement to you tonight is that whatever you are about to produce, it's bigger than what you think. Whatever you are expecting as far as a goal, whatever you're expecting as far as results, it's coming to you way bigger. It's going to be a big sized blessing. It's not going to be just your regular old run of the mill. um, It just so happened to happen kind of blessing. No, this one, this thing that you're birthing, it's bigger than you think. It's so much more than what you believed the moment that you conceived. So the size of the puppies is amazing, right? And they're excited and they're jumping around and they're, they're, they're excited so much about what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the maid comes back out with one puppy. And she says, 14, one of them didn't make it. And so it's a sad moment for a moment because Roger takes the baby 
and he, uh, the puppy actually, and he takes it in his hand. It's a small little runt, right? Takes the puppy in his hand, looks at it and says, you know, oh, my boy Pongo, that's just something that happens. And he says, but maybe, and he sticks his hand on the puppy and begins to frantically rub the puppy to agitate it. And as he's agitating the, the puppy and warming it up, it comes back to life. You need people in your life, in your corner, on your side, that have the ability to see a dead thing and they don't leave it dead. They have an ability to see something that you're producing and they see that it may not have worked out well the first time, but they also know that if they could just lay hands on it, if they could just speak well of it, if they could just agitate it a little bit, it'll come back to life and you will be able to find joy because that one thing that was dead is now alive. Can you imagine what the testimony would have been if Jesus had never shown up to Mary and uh, Martha's house to see about Lazarus? Now, granted, he was already late (laughs) by their standards, right? But he showed up on time to agitate their faith. He showed up and he shows up three days after he's dead. Um, He's stinking by this time. They don't want to do it. Everybody's in mourning. Everybody's at the house. They're having a repast. They say it, right? Everybody's just comforting Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha's faith are is at an all-time low because they have served. They've loved on God or loved on Jesus. They've let him in their home. And the one time they reach out to him to say, heal my brother, he doesn't show up on time. And his their brother dies. And it's at that moment where the brother is dead, that Jesus decides, oh, okay, well, let me go over and agitate some things real quick. I'm about to go over and bring something back to life. And what would have happened if Jesus would have never showed up? What would have happened if Jesus had never called Lazarus' name? What would have, what would have happened if he had never, ever agitated their faith to believe one more time? That would have been one less testimony of something going from dead to lie, to being alive. Now, if you have those kinds of friends, they have to be full of faith. They have to be, um, they have to think more about the faith than they do about the fear. They have to think more about the faith than they do about the grief. They have to be more willing to lay hands and decree and pray and receive and believe because sometimes we can't. Sometimes we are so grieved by the death, we don't even see an ability of life again. So you need people around you, again, with good discernment, with good perception, with good perspective. So they'll be able to say, it's not dead, it's just sleep. Let me agitate it a little bit to wake it up. And I'm grateful that we have 15 puppies, right? Because we then get to see them in their regular life, right? We see the puppies grow up a little bit. They get their spots because a couple, uh, well, because Cruella comes to try to get them and try to steal them. But unfortunately, they don't have spots and she can't. <laughs> she can't have them. And and when she tries to write a check for them, um, Roger does something very bold and Roger doesn't allow her to feel like she can come in and take their puppies. But because he is a good steward, he's like, uh, uh-uh, you not get you. These puppies are not for sale. We're going to take care of them. We're going to be their home. You're not going to be able to touch one of them 
because he knows her intentions are bad. See, listen, everybody knows that she loves furs. Everybody knows they don't know where she gets them from. But we know that her her uh, agenda to buy these puppies can't be for a good one. And so when he stops that, they have the ability to grow up with their uh, or grow up a little with their parents. Right. And enjoy watching TV shows and everything's good. They get tucked into bed and all of these things are great. And all of a sudden, they go out for a walk. Perdita and Roger take, um, I'm sorry, Anita and Roger take Perdita and Pongo out for a walk. And as they're out for a walk, the, the little puppies are left with the maid. And unfortunately, when you leave something not unattended, but you don't leave a full guard up, um, when you don't necessarily, when you aren't necessarily very careful about where you leave and how many people are guarding the thing that you left, right? Because I don't know if one person would be able to protect 15 puppies, but that's just my thinking. Um, but when you don't really take the precautionary uh, precautions and do the right thing by taking care of those children or guarding them, um, what ends up happening is the enemy, the person that wants to steal them, can get the upper hand and steal it from you. They can steal the dream. They can steal the goal. They can steal the agenda. They can steal the purpose. They can take it and they'll make a covering for themselves. They'll try to anyway, make a covering for themselves so that when people see them, they see your anointing. When they see them, they'll see your covering. When they see them, they'll see your idea, your plan, your business, your dream, your goal, your hopes and dreams, all laying out of or all stolen from you because you didn't adequately protect it. Well, we noticed a couple things happen after the puppies go missing. So, of course, they're upset. They're sad. They're trying to figure out what's going on, what's going to happen next. And Purdy and Pongo are sad, of course, because they're missing their babies. And Pongo says to Purdy, well, it's up to us. And she says, Purdy says to Pongo, is there any hope? And he says, well, yeah, there's the twilight bark. Now, the twilight bark in their um, in their perspective or in their mindset is kind of like the telephone game. For them, it's just in a gossip chain. Like, it's just you tell something to one person and they tell the next person and the next person, the next person. Well, they decide they're going to use this opportunity. It's the only way they're going to be able to get the word out. So what they do is they try to bark and they bark and they bark, right? And then you see all of the dogs in the community join in the barking because they're passing the chain and they're passing the word. This is an ex expert communication or this is an expert example of what it looks like when we use our communication properly. When we say, listen, I'm missing this. I can't find this. I don't know how it was stolen from me. I need your help. And you send the word out to one and the one sends the word out to another. And then five people hear the word and then they receive it and they pass it along until somebody says, wait, wait, wait. I think I saw those puppies. (laughs) Now on this road, it's not just dogs. On this barking chain or in this twilight barking chain, it's not just dogs. There's 
a cat that hears a message, even though it has to be translated through a dog, right? There's um, horse, a horse that hears the sound and is able to alert the dog so he can get the message. And it's funny that we tend to think that only people who look like us, who are the same way we are, who um, meet the criteria of being who we are, right? Um can help us but there are some people that are along the the journey that'll be able to lead us and they do not look like us they are not the same species they don't even um mirror anything uh close to us but they do have um the willingness to help and so uh, we find that the colonel and the captain and the sergeant right the the horse the <laughs> dog as well as the cat um find the 15 puppies down in hell hall in suffolk right the word gets back to purdy perdita purdy and pongo right and they decide that they're going to do whatever they have to do to save their children so they take their cells or you know they figure out it's in hall they the well they figure out that the um place that they are in is called hell hall and it's the deville place so they know it's deville that stole them right and so what they're doing is they're going in snow they're they're going cause crunchy they're just running as fast as they can because they know they have to save their children now on the other side at hell hall we see cruella making her way and when she gets there she tells horace and jasper that they have to kill the puppies tonight because she wants dog skin coats and although we su suspected that was the reason why she wanted these dogs, we didn't think that she could probably possibly be this evil to not only kill 15, um, but she's trying to kill 99 puppies to make coats out of their skin. So um, Jack, Jasper and Horace are like, well, what do you want us to do? And she's like, I don't care how you get it done. Just kill them and do it immediately. So they say, but we want to watch our show first. And she tells them to get it done now, right? To, to not wait to get it done now. Well, because Jasper and Horace are just as evil as her and they are very stubborn, they decide they are going to wait. They're going to delay the time and wait until after the show is over. Ironically, since they decided to wait, it's just enough time for uh, the sergeant, the cat, to get a, each puppy, all 99, out of the house or at least out of the room so that they can get to hide to get out of the house and while we think sometimes that you know we could be in a tough spot we can be trapped we can find no uh, resolve there's no one there to help us um there is a, an enemy who is working to hurt you harm you but they have technically delayed their plan for god's purpose they have intended to harm you but they're like well let me go and do this first and we think it's just happenstance that they just back off but technically the time that it takes for them to back off and to give us a moment to plot and strategize how they really gonna get us good is the moment of deliverance for us it's the moment where god has sent um, and not only deliverance to us, but deliverance to our seed, right? Because what we're trying to save is puppies. What we're trying to save is the birth, the dream that we birthed that was stolen from us. We're trying to re 
reclaim or uh, recoup those things that have been taken from us, right? And in the moment that they decide that they're about to strategize how to make it better, how to make it work for them, um, there is somebody, hallelujah, thank you for God who shows us strategy and, and is able to release back to us what that which we lost. So um, there is deliverance that happens in that short period of time. And even though they are not, you know, completely out of the house, they make strategy and that when where to hide and the cat is leading them and, and he's protecting them. And all of a sudden you see Pongo and Purdy rush through the door because they found where the kids are and they, they're defending them, right? As they're defending uh, the puppies from Horse and Jasper, the cat and uh, the dog, the sergeant and the colonel lead these puppies into a barn, right? And once uh, Pongo and Purdy find their children again in the barn, they realize that what they have delivered is not just the ones that they pushed out. These are not just the puppies that they pushed out, but now there's a total of 99. Can you imagine Knowing that you had the biggest litter, you had the, or not litter, but you had the biggest grouping of puppies, right? And you have 15 puppies of your own, but then you somehow become responsible for 99. You were losing your mind over the 15. But remember I told you it was bigger than you thought? And you thought the 15 was big? Oh, it's coming 99. It's coming a hundredfold. It's coming. It's going to be a whole lot bigger than that. When this all gets done, when God's purpose is fully realized in your life, when you are completely finished doing all the things that God has planned for you to do, then you will see that it was not just a, uh, a small blessing or a regular blessing. And it wasn't just an abnormally large blessing. It's going to be a supernatural uncontainable blessing that will be given to you. And that's what they do. They re, re uh, well, when they are asked what, or when Purdy asked him, what are they going to do? Like, and, um, they say, well, we have to get out of here because we know that she wants to make dogskin coats out of you. Um, but the, the puppies ask, well, what about the others? Don't they need saving too? Like, don't, what well, we can't leave them here. And what Pongo decides is that we're going to take them with us because our masters or our put pets will never put them out. And so there are going to be some times where you're going to have to be responsible for even more than you thought so that you can see the full deliverance of the Lord. You can see the plan of the Lord at work and you'll see an, a supernatural, huge blessing that we were talking about unfold, but it's going to be you that has to deliver it. It's going to be you that has to pull it out of the place that it's in and keep it safe, right? And keep it guarded so that the enemy is not able to have his way with what has been entrusted to you. Now, we talk about deliverance for for the puppies, right? We talked about how we are moving on and we're trying to get these puppies back home. Now they're in a place that is far away from where home is, but they've decided to take the journey. And when they decide to deliver all the puppies, they they say, "Okay, well, Pongo has to make a strategy and Pongo says, we're going to take the lake, the frozen lake. We're going to walk on the lake because we don't want to leave tracks." In times when you are being pursued, in times where there's some something coming after you, you have to make sure that you cover your tracks. What do I mean? It may look like 
in for you in prayer, covering your tracks. It may look like for you, Lord, I just want you to keep us and keep a hedge of protection around us. And for some reason, the, the thing that would like to pursue you cannot find you. It, it, you have covered yourself so well in prayer. You've dotted every I, you've crossed every T, you've done all of the things that you know to do and you strategize so well with the help of the Lord, his grace and mercy, the plan that he has you walking on, the way that in which he has you going is going to make sure that you don't leave any tracks behind so that you're not able to be uh, caught. You're not able to be, um, pursued in a way or and even if they try to pursue you they're not going to know in which direction to look so they're walking down the ice right and now they find themselves because it's it's snowing but it's it's a snowstorm technically it's it's a whole lot of wind a whole lot of snow coming down and they're fighting through and at the moment that Pongo looks back he's looking to make sure all his children or all of the kids that he's responsible for right are moving in the same direction when he looks and looks back he realizes that Lucky is struggling he's one little small little puppy um but he's struggling in this storm and so what he decides to do like a good father he picks up Lucky and he tells him he can't be left behind and he's like but my my nose hurts and and my tongue hurts and my feet hurt and and everything hurts and my ears hurt and and I'm hungry and everything's hurting so at the moment he starts to complain not only does the father carry him but the the provision that happens when you're obedient and go the way that you're supposed to go shows up and it ends up happening that a great uh a little uh you know, dog, uh, a dog that was looking for them finds them and says, Hey, we've prepared shelter. We've prepared a place for you to rest. We've prepared a place for you to be able to get some, um, food if you need it. Just, just hang out here until the storm is over. And on our journeys, there will be storms, right? On our way through deliverance, on our way to deliver the thing that we have once delivered. Wow, that's heavy. Uh, to deliver the thing that we once um, burst out and some things that have been entrusted to us on our way on our journey, we will run into storms, right? And those storms we have to take on, we have to fight through. But as we fight through, even at the moment where we're about to complain, the Lord will release to us supernatural provision and the provision will come out of nowhere it'll be like this is just a space for you to rest to catch your breath to get some sleep to get some shut eye to get to to uh re-nourish yourself to feed yourself and, and make sure that you have everything that you need so that when you wake up you're able to take on the journey again and um we need those places right the lord directs us to those places so that we will be fit for the journey so that we won't be fighting always in a storm, but that we will find refuge in time of trouble. He is the refuge. He makes ways in wildernesses and he is the refuge for the, for the righteous. So when we call out to him and when we let him know what's going on, when we are brave enough to say, Hey, this is, we're on this plan that you promised us. And in the midst of going on this plan, we find ourselves in a storm. Is there any refuge anywhere? Can you, can you direct us to the place of provision for us? And he will supernaturally allow people to be able to create that space for you. Now, this is not the only space of refuge because they go to different houses. And in the second um, barn after this one, after um, getting some rest and after getting uh, their milk, 
they find themselves in another place. And when they find themselves in this place, they find themselves with the Labrador and the Labrador tells them that he has found them a way home, which is music to their ears. Cause now they don't have to worry about trying to run and do it on foot. They can actually ride the rest of the way to London. And so as they're doing that, uh, their pursuers, uh, the enemies are on their trail and they find the one time that they snapped, stepped in snow and they are trying to make their way to find them. And what they realize is that the pursuers are coming and they have to do something to get to the truck and they have to get there unnoticed. And so Pongo, who is a genius dog, decides he's going to roll around in soot. And become what looks like a Labrador. He is not a Labrador, but he com- becomes uh, uh, a. Technically, he becomes something that looks like a Labrador. He becomes uh, very close to it, so that he's able to go undetected. Now, there are times in our Christian journey, in our way through deliverance, that we are going to have to do what Paul says and become all things to all men so that we may win them. It is not necessarily me telling you, okay, you need to go and, and, you know, do a whole bunch of things that are against your moral code. I'm not telling you that at all. But what I am telling you is that sometimes it's okay to show up and show support, right? To go to a party, not that you're going to get drunk or to, to, to be high or do all of these other things to take you out of your you know, sober mindset, but maybe you just go to love on somebody. Maybe you just show up to show, I wanted to give you a gift and I wanted you to know I care about you. Maybe you show up at the event, not because you're trying to, you know, blast that, you know, different than the people that you're going to, you know, to hang out with, but maybe you're just going to hang out to build community. And when you build community and become all things to all people, we're able to show the light and not necessarily because we're trying to, but because we are light. See, my I remember years ago, Pastor T. Anthony Thompson told me one thing that I will never forget. He said this in a service and I will never, ever, ever forget this saying. He says, light doesn't make noise. It makes a difference. When you flip a light switch on, light shows up and it controls the whole room. It changes the whole atmosphere. Not that it comes in and says, hey, I'm light. Y'all, all the darkness go away. No, 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 no. It just shows up and it becomes light. And as it illuminates, everything comes into perspective. Everything is able to be seen for what it is and for what it's not. In this aspect, Pongo uh, becoming what looked like a Labrador was so that he could blend in to save and deliver the people that needed to be delivered, right? It wasn't so that he could judge the the Horace and, and Jasper and those people that were doing wrong just to do wrong, but it was for deliverance purposes. And there are sometimes you're going to have to go into places that you may not want to go, even the places you may have been delivered from, but you have to go there because there are people that you need to affect. There is There are people that 
need to see your light. And if you never go because you are judging, you will never be able to see the fullness of deliverance work itself out. Because remember, you're not called just to call, uh, deliver those things that come from you as as relates of DNA, but you are called to help and to um, pull people out of situations that could technically save lives. You are called to save lives. You, whatever you do, I don't care if you write books. I don't care if you sing. I don't care if you, um, you know, are a greeter at Walmart. You may be the only Jesus that someone will see and you are planted where you are planted so that you will be able to be light in dark places. What happens when light shows up? It just illuminates everything around it. And Unfortunately, while they were trying to acquiesce, while they were trying to become Labradors, something happened to where they weren't able to hide too long, right? So they weren't able to hide all of them too long. But once they got to deliverance, it didn't really matter, right? Because they were on the truck at this point. It didn't really matter. They were on their way to London. Now, if you think that's going to stop your um, pursuer or your enemy um, from coming after you just because you are on your way in deliverance, going home, going to the place that you're supposed to be in, you're wrong. Because the enemy is one thing and that is consistent. He is consistently on his job. He does not care if you are moving towards deliverance or if you're standing still. He really wants to make sure you never reach the place of purpose. And while it would be easy for us to go through life with no troubles, that's not life. While it was, it would be easy for us to have a life and a story that's not full of drama. What kind of story would it be? What kind of testament would it be to the saving and healing and protecting power of God if we never went through anything that he needed to save, protect and heal us from? We go through things. We we go down certain roads and take certain paths so that people will be able to see how good God is and that he really is real. The world is waiting for us to travel the road we're supposed to travel so that the sons of God, so that we can be um, become manifested, so that we can be revealed. And then as we revealed, as we are revealed, we are revealed as the sign that God is real. So as they're traveling on the journey, right, they're on their way in the truck, but Cruella is not over and done. So she's trying to knock the truck over. She's trying to annihilate them and Horace and Jasper go a different way and they're trying to do the same. But what ends up happening is what happens in our lives. Before we get a chance to fight back, before we get a chance to um, set things in stone so where we can annihilate our enemy, the enemy ends up taking out our enemy. What do I mean? What do I mean? I mean, there are people that have teamed up to come against you. There are people that have come into agreement that they're going to harm you. But if you do what um, was told to the Israelites to do and just let the battle be the Lord's, if you allow yourself to just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, you will see those people take out each other. You will see the people that were teaming up to team against you be annihilated and they'll be annihilated by each other. You won't even have to lift a finger. This victory that you're about to walk into is not even going to be one that exerts a lot of energy on your part. You're just going to be able to walk through and watch your enemies gang up on each other. They're going to take each other out. You're going to be able to walk in the purpose and promise. 
All you have to do is consistently keep going forward. Don't look back. Don't worry about what the enemy's trying to do. That's not your business. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Now, this story ends on a beautiful note because once they get home, even though they're still covered in soot, um, they get to the place and they find out a couple things. Well, we find out a couple things that Roger has not only uh, taken the song about Cruella DeVille and made it um, into a song that's now on the radio. But that song has made them rich in the time that they have been lost without Pongo Purdy and their puppies. So even in times where you feel like you may have lost something, it also can be a time of production, right? So they produce something that makes them money and they're living good, but they still miss Pongo and Purdy and can't understand why they would run away. Well, when they come back, it's a joyous celebration because not only do they have Pongo and Purdy, not only do they have 15 puppies, but now they have 101 Dalmatians. And while they don't have enough space for them now, Roger, who is a good father, decides he's going to make space. He's going to buy a home in the country. And he finds even another song in that to make a Dalmatian plantation. So while we may be worried about how we're going to be able to house all that God wants to give us and do and what he wants to do um, in us, All we have to do is look around us and make room. Even if we have to move ourselves out of bad company, even if we have to move ourselves into the places um, of productivity, even if we have to go places and go through journeys that we don't have to uh, or that we don't necessarily want to go through, we have to do it so that we can not only see us saved, but we can make space so that there will be room and refuge for many more to be delivered. So, Today, if you take nothing else from this conversation, remember the power of community. It was by community that they found the puppies. It was by community that they were able to get from house to house and get home. It was by community that they were able to even get the puppies out of our harm's way. It was by community that they were able to have provision made. And all of these things happened because of community. If you neglect community, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. You may not need 50 people, but maybe you have three friends and maybe you have 15 associates and maybe you have 10 people that you know that if you're in a bind, you can call them and they can pray for you. But you need some kind of tribe. You need some kind of community that has your back, that is looking out for you, that can make uh, make sure that you have the life that God has always intended for you to have. And at the end of this There is no Cruella DeVille that will be able to take away your joy. There is no Jasper and Horace that will be able to steal you from the places of purpose and promise, nor will they be able to affect your seed. But you will be able to see joy. You will be able to see greatness. You will be able to see the life that God always planned for you to have. Ooh, child, I am pooped. 
I am tired. That was a lot of digging, okay? I mean, good Lord, it was a lot of digging. Now, here's what I need you to do, because I know you enjoyed this episode, and I hope I did your your movie justice, but I had a lot of fun digging up so many different faith gems from 101 Dalmatians, but we've come to the end of our time today, so what I need you to do is make sure that you like, share, and subscribe all of our pages on Instagram and Facebook. Please make sure that if you have a movie you want to suggest you send a message to me um, via email at kidlikefaith. We spell faith, the F, the number 8th at gmail.com. And also, um, I'd like to hear from you um, on our pages. We do, uh, I did a Tuesday teaser on this week. Um, I do a Thursday tis- tidbit where I give you a little clip of the show just to um, pull out my favorite point from each week. And then on Friday, I want to hear from you. So we've been doing feedback Fridays. Um, last Friday, we did a kid versus kid like versus, and that's how we came up with doing 101 Talmatians. And because I enjoyed it so much, I'm doing it again. That's right. I'm putting two more movies up against each other. And of course, you know, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but just look out for our posts on our pages and follow, share, and please subscribe. I hope you enjoyed our time today. And until we meet again, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye.